0: Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Sierra Vista, the official podcast of the City of Sierra Vista. I'm your host, Public Information Officer Adam Curtis, and I'm so glad to be with you once again. Today, we're kicking off our fall season with Community Development Director Matt McLaughlin as we talk about revitalizing the West End. Major construction is underway in Sierra Vista's historic end of town as the Fry Boulevard and Garden Avenue improvement project continues into late December or early January. This project will transform Fry Boulevard between Garden and Carmichael Avenues into an efficient three-lane roadway lined with trees, benches, LED lights, shared-use paths, and wide sidewalks to create an inviting entertainment district that feels like a downtown. This project represents the single biggest step to revitalize the West End, but it's just that, one step. Today, we're going to talk to Matt about how this project is part of a broader, multifaceted effort that has already supported private investment and will continue to set the stage for redevelopment in the area. So let's get to the interview. Hi, Matt. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Morning, Adams. Great to be with you.
0: So I know ever since I moved here back in 2009... um, one of the first things community members would talk about uh, and be concerned about is revitalization on the West End and the lack of a downtown in Sierra Vista so I know you know this has probably predated both of us some of these conversations obviously we've been involved with the more recent public input uh, involved with the with the streetscape project but I was hoping you could uh you know bring us a little history on you know how public has been involved in this process and you know how how far back do these conversations go <laughs>
1: that's a great question as you know Adam I'm a student at of- History, and I like to do a deep dive into the public record before I engage in an effort and uh, not to uh, apologize in advance if this is a little too wonky, but I think, you know, context is important to this discussion. So back in 1997, the council appointed a seven member uh, Downtown Neighborhood Commission, which was the precursor to the West End Commission mm-hmm. uh, to increase public involvement and enhancement efforts. A couple years later, they went through a six-month planning process to defined a vision for the West Sierra Vista area. Okay. And whether they knew it or not, basically they laid out a 30-year work program. It was a solid plan that's still relevant today. And uh, in that plan, there are pragmatic proposals like installing missing sidewalks and streetlights, cleaning up dilapidated mobile homes and junk vehicles, and working with neighborhood organizations to expand their capacity to make improvements.
0: Yeah. These are all things that people were still talking about 10 years later. Right. (laughs) It's it's,
1: it's getting the basics right and then building up from there. Absolutely. So other recommendations that may ring a bell include implementing a storefront improvement program and providing Mm -hmm. economic incentives to help business owners expand. Uh, The plan called for the city to acquire a two-acre parcel at a central location in the business district to create a gathering spot uh, for a downtown center. Mm -hmm. Uh, It called for the city to develop a funding plan to finance streetscape improvements. It calls for the city to extend multi-use pathways uh, Mm -hmm. that connect to commercial corridors. And I'm proud to say that we've made uh, significant progress on these fronts and the pieces are coming together.
0: Yeah. As you talk about this, these, uh, I mean, uh, just recently, it seems like we've made a ton of progress uh, in a lot of these areas, which we'll get to later. Um, But uh, go on because I think there is more public involvement that happened later and more planning that happened later. I know people locally have told me. That, you know, they get the sense that these plans just sit on the shelves somewhere and no one ever looks at them. But um, it's kind of it's kind of good to learn that context and know that some of these good ideas and stuff that happened years ago um, actually translate into something meaningful.
1: Yeah, it's very important to acknowledge the community members that have been involved in this effort on a sustained basis over the years. Definitely. And so uh, talking about the streetscape plan for Fry Boulevard, as you know, that came together through a series of open houses. Uh, We saw a good cross-section of folks come through and vote on their favorite aspects of the proposals. Mm -hmm. Uh, I heard a lot of enthusiasm expressed in those meetings. And, of course, whenever you propose a major change, there are going to be some skeptics. But at the end of the day, uh, there was a strong consensus to move forward. And when we broke ground earlier this month, I received a call from a former longtime member of the West End Commission who owns property on Fry Boulevard, mm-hmm. who couldn't believe his eyes when he saw the construction crews being mobilized and starting work. It was so great to hear the excitement in his voice and interest in our future plans. Uh, he was a member. I don't know if it was the downtown neighborhood commission or the West End commission, but he was a member for 15 years and now he's looking to re-engage. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. And I know talking to Pam Anderson uh, just recently, she had very similar sentiments of just, you know, we've been talking about it forever. And at a certain point, you just don't believe that anything's going to (laughs) ever happen. (laughs) So when you see that construction actually break ground and the signs put up, um, I think a lot of people um, were surprised that like all this talk actually translated into into this major project. Finally.
1: Absolutely. So in my view, uh, what the city hopes to accomplish this project is not only how we change uh, how the West End looks and feels, but how it's experienced. Hmm. Uh, Frankly, the road was overbuilt to the amount of traffic it carries. Uh, The consulting firm that's preparing the MPO's long range transportation plan uh, provided modeling data that shows a three lane section uh, can accommodate just under 16,000 vehicles per day. Our latest traffic count for the section that's being rebuilt is 8,400 vehicles per day. Uh So this presented an opportunity to retrofit the road to include features that are common to Main Street environments. Uh And for those of you who haven't been tracking, uh, I want to plug the Fry Forward page on the city's website uh, to read about the project. I know you've been posting weekly construction updates to keep everybody in the loop. So when the project's completed, uh, sections of the street will have on-street parking along with street trees and landscape areas to buffer the 10-foot-wide uh Shared use pass from the roadway. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but uh, I couldn't walk along Fry Boulevard without feeling dizzy from being so close to the traffic.
0: Oh, absolutely. I I actually live in the West End and uh, I do not run along Fry Boulevard very often. I kind of stick to other areas uh, for just that reason. And cycling would be even worse. I mean, it's just it feels a little congested, a little dangerous, and it, it doesn't give that, you know, walkable, bikeable environment that, you know, you want in that kind of, you know, Main Street kind of kind of area.
1: Absolutely. So the street will be accessible to everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the driveways and the intersections will be ADA compliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, new decorative street lights will, with banner mounts will be installed. Uh, traffic signals that are unnecessary because of the narrowing will mm-hmm. be removed. Crosswalks will be made safer. Uh, the finished product will be a complete street, uh, which is a public policy goal in our general plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, The improvements will convey uh, that this is an important street in the community and I think will help our revitalization efforts.
0: Absolutely. And you mentioned uh, the MPO. I'm just going to back up for a second and give them some credit, too. That's the Sierra Vista Metropolitan Planning Organization, um, and that's basically uh, the governmental Organization that takes federal money and for transportation planning and translates it, lo- tr- or transmits it locally, um, and they were instrumental in uh, getting the funding for this project, which basically mixes state and federal funds th- uh, through something called the HERF swap. Uh, the website goes through all these kind of nitty gritty details, uh, but it is important to recognize our partners in this. And uh, the MPO was a big help, and also the the council's more recent leadership through its strategic leadership plan, and also the public's involvement in our general planning process. Uh, about six, seven, eight years ago uh, through the Dream Your City meetings. uh, This rose a very high priority in that as well. Uh, So while the public input goes back decades, um, a lot of the recent planning and partnerships uh, were very important in getting this particular project shaped. So did you have anything else to interrupt your train of thought there? Well,
1: yeah, (laughs) I just also want to point out that we're not approaching community redevelopment as a top-down government program. It truly Mm -hmm. is grassroots. And in a lot of cases, uh, what we're making are small-scale tactical changes that support private investment Mm -hmm. and improve the broader environment. I've been in the profession now for over a quarter century, and nearly every city that I've worked in has a section of the town that's in a state of transition. Uh, These are... uh, difficult areas to redevelop it with each posing unique uh, set of challenges. And I think the strategies that the city's pursuing here are the right strategies, Mm -hmm. and not only to improve the economic health and vibrancy of the district, but to uh, really set it apart uh, from the rest of the community. And Mm -hmm. as you said, the council's leadership plan uh, reinforces these strategies. We're all operating now on the same page, which is uh, very helpful at a staff level.
0: Absolutely. And so yeah, this particular streetscape project that hopefully wraps up in late December, early January uh, involves Fry Boulevard between Carmichael and Garden Avenues. Uh, what's the next step after this phase wraps up? I think uh, Garden Avenue will be the next up for design. Is that right?
1: That's right. So We'll be rolling into the de- design of the next phase, uh, which is extending the improvements along North Garden Avenue. Uh, we have 25% concept plans that we need to complete the engineering on, uh, which is funded in this year's budget. Uh, there's still a procurement process that we will need to go through. By anticipate the engineering team to be on board in the next few months. Uh, the process will involve outreach components similar to what we carried out with Fry Boulevard uh, to ensure Specific uh, business and property owner concerns are addressed with the project. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's worth noting that the stakeholders in the area were kind of engaged throughout the planning process, also during the construction phases. Uh, you know, the business owners and property owners were informed of the public o- input open houses, uh, and it was well attended among that group, too. Uh, That's right. Um, so it was really good to to get them invested in the project in that way, make sure their concerns were addressed, and also you know, have their ideas help inform the project. Uh, and we really appreciate their involvement throughout this project. I'm gonna put in a plug for them again later, but I do wanna remind folks that businesses are open throughout this construction, and please do go support the local businesses out there. Uh, we want them to be here to celebrate uh, in January when everything's looking great and uh, they can benefit from the project as well. Um, but there's another kind of a big thing that we touched on, uh, in past plans, which was acquiring a property kind of in the middle of this area that could further kind of augment the project. Um, so we actually had an opportunity to do that. And I believe last year we acquired the property on the corner of Fry and Fab Avenue. Um, so I was hoping you could kind of talk about, uh, our plans for that property and how it will kind of, you know, bolster, um, what we're doing throughout the area and kind of tie into the streetscape project.
1: Sure, I'd be glad to. And again, uh, this acquisition, as you pointed out, uh, ties back to the West Vista plan that was adopted 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. While it's not two acres, uh, it is a centrally located site uh, that we think offers a range of possibilities for civic improvements. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mentioned earlier about fixing the basics and, uh, one of the key issues that needs to be addressed is improving drainage. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fry Boulevard is higher than Fab Avenue and the land surface just south of the intersection is Mm -hmm. very flat. Uh, so stormwater ponds, uh, until the flow can trickle under the culvert, uh, running under Fry Boulevard. So we need to make some elevation changes there to better channel the drainage. And uh, people may recall that the county was awarded a EPA Brownfield grant, and we're using that grant to fund a reuse plan uh, for the property. And we're exploring options that include uh, redeveloping the property for public and private uses. Uh, The right-of-way along Fab Avenue is wide enough Uh, to accommodate on-street parking along the east side and a raised curb to better direct the drainage. Uh, We have $30,000 in this year's budget to spruce up the street frontages and develop an engineered solution for the stormwater. Uh, The alternatives, ultimately, will be presented to the Mayor and Council at an upcoming work session. And once we have that direction established, we can start preparing the construction cost estimates for future budgets.
0: Gotcha. So yeah, it'll be a a place with some component of public use, like a public gathering space of some kind, some kind of public parking, uh, and maybe a private sector component uh, might be one of the options, right?
1: Right. So how much uh, the city ultimately retains for public use will be decided uh, through the dialogue with city council. Mm -hmm. We're going to have uh, at least two options, one uh, where we retain all the site. Mm -hmm and a second alternative where a portion would be sold off for private redevelopment that really complements the area. Gotcha,
0: yeah, that will really, really help because we do need more parking in that area because uh, the whole idea is to get folks out there walking and shopping and kind of enjoying it like a downtown entertainment district. Um, Obviously this will all take time and it doesn't happen in a vacuum so one of the things I want to make clear is like this is not just a single project where all our effort is going into this and we have no plans for what to do next. or or that we haven't been working hard aside from this. Um, So one of the things I want to point to is the West Yervista Partnership Program, uh, which started in 2018. Uh, It's a city matching grant program where we actually provide uh, matching assistance to business and property owners uh, in a designated redevelopment area. Um, And folks will have seen some of those improvements, um, like at 143 Street Tacos, there are 10 improvements there at their their new site where the Peacock used to be over by the co-op. And also at... uh, the Sierra Vista Casitas, the newly branded uh, motel that used to be the Desert Inn, uh, now has that beautiful mural outside. Um, I think there's been about 14-ish different uh, properties, businesses that have been impacted by that program so far. Um, but talk a little bit about that, that program um, and how it's been working uh, with business and property owners. And I'm kind of curious if you do see a bit of uh, more enthusiasm uh, in terms of sprucing up properties and a little bit of momentum picking up.
1: Yeah. So again, our version of the storefront improvement program that was recommended (laughs) 20 years ago is the West Vista partnership program. And as you said, uh, properties within the redevelopment area are eligible to apply. Mm -hmm. It's a 52 acre chunk of the oldest part of the West End uh, along Fry Boulevard, uh, west of Carmichael. And, uh, the types of improvements that you mentioned—public art, uh, building and ins- site enhancements—are uh, really intended to help uh, new businesses uh, occupy uh, building spaces that may present code challenges due to their age and condition, and right. to provide like gap assistance to help them get started. Right. And so, uh, priority is being placed on what we term high-priority revitalization sites uh, in the redevelopment plan that accompanied the designation. Uh, They are long-standing, vacant, or underutilized properties that stood out as needing private investment. And we're making good progress with six of the eight uh, sites being renovated or redeveloped with new tenants or permits being approved for new construction. So uh, as you mentioned, the core challenge that we're trying to solve is the relatively high commercial vacancy rate. Right. And what we're finding is the grant program is having the intended effect when coupled with the other initiatives. So it's a carrot that we can offer. Mm-hmm. It's a entree to a conversation with prospective businesses to help uh, stimulate interest in considering uh the older part of the West End as a potential location for their business, and it is helping to influence their decisions. And we have we're measuring uh, the vacancy rate through the business inventory that we update every year, and uh, we are finding it's having a positive effect. And we're spending the, each and every dollar that's allocated in the uh, annual budget, mm-hmm. which is about fifty thousand dollars. Uh, over the last three years, and we have another $50,000 to spend and uh, expect that to be fully committed uh, by the end of this fiscal year. I do want to point out that uh, we are going through a process again with the same uh, consultant that's helping us with the Fab Avenue Mm -hmm. uh, reuse alternatives being paid for by the uh, Brownfield grant. And they're doing what's called a finding a necessity study, which is uh, defined by state statutes in terms of uh, uh, establishing the uh, need for uh, designating a place for redevelopment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we are looking to potentially expand the current boundary. Uh, We're looking at properties uh, west of 5th Street. Uh, within the commercial areas. And we'll be doing additional outreach with the property owners. And we're seeing more interest and inquiries about how to be included. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Now that some of the uh, original fears associated with the designation have dissipated. Yeah. And for folks that
0: don't remember, um, you know, part of this is uh, as part of the legal process of designating a redevelopment area, you have to assess the conditions in the area. And some property owners were concerned about the language that is legally required, um, which, frankly, we don't have to spread around very much. Uh, it's just part of the the, the legal uh, side of it. Um, but since then, um, seeing the the investment so far, I think people, like you said, are starting to see the success of the program, and hopefully, hopefully, they understand that this will actually improve property values and stimulate investment. Um, I think when people actually see public investment take place they start to buy into it more when That's we're just crazy. talking about it there's always a lot of hesitance and and skepticism and you know there should be I think too I mean we're spending taxpayer dollars and people should care about that um, but it's been really good to see the positive results of that and I hope that as we expand it um, more property owners are kind of excited about the opportunity to jump on board now.
1: Um, it's good for the community. It's good for the taxpayers. We're seeing a return on investment, which needs to be demonstrated with each and every application. Absolutely. Definitely.
0: Um, so aside from that program, um, and some of the, you know, major, major stuff folks are seeing in the West end right now, um, you know, the city has done more in the West end just since I came on board. Um, in a variety of areas. Um, so I was hoping we could kind of touch on some of what else has happened in the past and maybe some also some other ideas for the future. Um, so let's start in the recent past. I just wanted to touch on some uh, park improvements for folks that may not be aware. Um, can you talk a little bit about what we did at Timothy lane park and then also soldiers Creek park. Uh, there are two parks kind of at either end of the West end, one on the Southern end, Southern end uh, over in the Sulger neighborhood. And then soldiers Creek park is over at the North of uh, garden Avenue uh, and kind of ties into landware plaza, which is just a cross garden from there. Um, so if you could just kind of touch on, maybe start with Timothy lane, just give people a real quick uh, take on what we've done over there and then talk about our plans for soldiers Creek.
1: I'd be glad to. So uh, those are projects that were carried out through our community development block mm-hmm. grant program, the fundings reserved for making improvements to low to moderate income neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Timothy Park, I don't know if you remember uh, his former condition, but Mm -hmm. there was a portion of the property that was essentially just a dirt lot. Mm -hmm. And through the public involvement process that was led by Leisure Services, Mm -hmm. uh, we learned about uh, the residents desire not only to improve uh, stormwater, Uh, issues in that neighborhood, but also to provide additional walking paths and pedestrian amenities Mm -hmm. uh, to serve that neighborhood. There's a um, senior-only residential development that abuts the property. Uh, There are a lot of families living in the vicinity of the park, and uh, we're able to provide a multi-use pedestrian connection uh, between Timothy Lane and Golf Link's Uh, to the south to Mm -hmm. really stitch the park together with the surrounding neighborhoods. Uh, There was a a green space added Mm -hmm. and uh, landscape features along with a bench swing Mm -hmm. just to improve the aesthetics and make it more functional and beneficial uh, for the surrounding residents.
0: Yep, I've really appreciate the Maltese path connection because while I steer clear of Fry Boulevard, um, that has uh, been tied into my running loop, and yeah. and it's it's really improved that area. And I've I've anecdotally heard people really really enjoy just having having those improvements at that park because it's an area that has been you know hasn't seen those kind of improvements for a while.
1: Right, and I also want to uh, recognize the role of our uh, leisure services staff. Mm-hmm who helped us stretch every dollar of that budget. Uh, these aren't big grants that we get every year, mm-hmm. and uh, they were instrumental in installing uh, the irrigation, uh, the stabilization around the uh, stormwater basin, and they actually installed the bench swing mm-hmm. and landscape improvements. So they did a great job helping us go further mm-hmm. uh, with the, the limited budget that we had. Uh, Also, Soldier Creek, as you mentioned, also on the West End off of uh, North Garden Avenue and Taylor uh, Drive uh, was improved uh, to also deal with accessibility issues. I don't know how many people are familiar with that particular park, but uh, the uh, playground features are... uh, in a depressed area from the roadway. And one of the council's major goals has been to uh, improve ADA accessibility Mm -hmm. at all our parks. And we had funding uh, for sidewalk improvements that we're able to roll into uh, the budget for this uh, park development project to provide that ADA accessibility uh, from the street level into the park. Mm -hmm. So there are uh, meandering multi-use pathways uh, that connect uh, the street down to the uh, perimeter trail at the bottom of the park uh, to provide the community with the ability uh, to access those features. And uh, what I, the improvements that we made, I'll call phase one improvements, as right. you said, <laughs> uh, these projects tend to evolve over time. And so uh, there are bigger plans than what we were able to accomplish uh, just initially through the CDBG program. Another council uh, strategic objective is to increase activity in our West End parks right. and, uh, uh, you know, turn them into platforms for special events. and
0: Yeah, and that's we, kind of just what we want to do over there. We're right? re- yeah. regionally
1: approached by a woman who wants to do a farmer's market. Mm-hmm at that park and you know to have a satellite farmer's mark that draws in people mm-hmm. and potentially down the road food trucks is kind of the long-term vision just to inject more activity uh to the West end.
0: Absolutely. And yeah, you've talked about um, how we can tie in landware plaza, which is just a cross garden there with the little food truck loop, maybe have entertainment and stuff in the park. That's um, right. And just have it be that center for more regular, smaller kind of community events um, and kind of activate that whole area a little bit more, uh, which is also a strategic planning objective is start to host more events in that area, kind of help the community get out there and enjoy uh, the West End more as we do um, complete these projects that kind of change the environment out there. Um, so something else I wanted to transition to is uh, the residential side of things. Um, since I came on board with the city, I remember—I uh, God—I forget the year exactly. It was probably about like five years ago. Um, we had an opportunity um, to work with the county and a property owner um, in the Fry Frytown area. Um, who had a bunch of properties uh, where he's behind on taxes, had a bunch of issues. They were blighted properties with dangerous conditions, frankly, some mobile homes uh, that were in complete disrepair and just not great shape. Um, I want to say it was about a dozen or so properties. And since then, um, now a couple of them, I believe, we sold, were able to sell to Cochise College, and they've actually, through their house uh, construction program, um, actually construct uh, residential homes on those sites, um, which in th- this market, I imagine, sell pretty quickly. But um, So it's been good to see that tran- transformation a little bit on the uh, residential and neighborhood side. I was hoping you could then talk about um, future ideas and future plans for, for neighborhood enhancement in that area.
1: Well, again, I'm going to circle back and say, you know, removing the dilapidated mobile homes and trailers mm-hmm. ties back to the West Area Vista yeah. Plan from yep. 2000, <laughs> and the uh, the settlement agreement that was struck uh, with the property owner uh, through the involvement of the city and the county uh, was spearheaded by Mary Jacobs. Mm-hmm. And uh, we didn't sell those lots to Cochise County, uh, oh, College. Right. We that's actually right. donated them. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, and we <laughs> uh, bundled the rest in a uh, land swap with a, uh, as part of the Fry Cemetery uh, acquisition on Seventh right. Street right. to to make that uh, a reality. And uh, y- you know the revitalization of that neighborhood has come a long way uh, since that initiative. And uh, I do want to recognize, you know, the involvement of code enforcement and helping to stabilize these neighborhoods. I want to thank you for having Jess and Gill on an earlier podcast to talk about their efforts there mm-hmm. and uh, just mentioned that the council has doubled our abatement budget uh, in this fiscal year to help resolve some of those longstanding uh, problem properties that are often uh, held by absentee owners and can be a challenge. And uh, we have the resources now to uh, address uh, those issues that affect hear. the neighborhoods. Yeah. And so, OK, the new program yep. <laughs> uh, that we'll be rolling out uh, through the strategic plan is uh, a neighborhood enhancement program. And uh, right now it's a uh, framework of an idea. And we're going to need more input from the community to make it successful. Again, going back to the plan, uh, we're seeking to leverage uh, the capacity of neighborhood groups and civic organizations to carry out community projects. Uh, for example, there's a, a lot of conversation about on our West End Commission about increasing public art. Uh, there are a lot of blank walls and fence lines that would make perfect canvases for colorful murals. Uh, we wanna support those initiatives, but we also recognize that there are a lot of great ideas outside of city hall. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to prejudice uh, this program in terms of what the parameters will ultimately be. We want to be guided by uh, the input that we receive uh, through the community. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, I've noticed that there are medians and public spaces that could be planted with a higher level of landscaping if resident organizations uh, could step up and agree to future maintenance. Uh, At the property owner level, uh, we're exploring the potential for a street tree planting program Mm -hmm. in exchange for a commitment to keep it healthy. Uh, They're not only good for the environment, but they're also good for property values and for neighborhood character. Again, uh, the details still need to be worked out, but I think it holds promise as another avenue for improving civic pride and ownership in our neighborhoods. Absolutely. And it's important
0: to highlight that as we move forward with any of these programs, we really are finding Looking to find ways to partner with residents, business owners, community organizations um, to make this revitalization effort really happen. Because it can't just happen in a vacuum with us at City Hall coming up with ideas and kind of taking advantage of the opportunities that we have. Um, We have to kind of create those opportunities for the public to get involved and for folks that are stakeholders and residents of those areas to pitch in. Uh, Because a lot of people want to, but it can be hard for them to figure out how. Um, so that's kind of what we're trying to do is to to provide a vehicle for that to happen a little bit better. Um, and it's also been great to see us uh, find some opportunities to do some public art in the West End, like with the Water Tower mural where we partnered with was it Liberty Utilities? Or? That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and Kerry Olaje was also the artist that did that one. Uh, and I believe the uh, Arts and Humanities Commission the council were involved in selecting the design for that. Um, and there's also that beautiful mural over on BST um, over uh, by what used to be the main main gate right there. Um, and that was through a uh, contest, actually, a number of years ago um, that was also kind of facilitated through the commission. So it's really, really good to see the citizen involvement kind of translate into some of these public art projects and just help beautify that area.
1: I couldn't agree more.
0: Yeah. And, and why, why is that important to have actual commitment, investment and involvement by the community um, in terms of translating these you know revitalization projects and, and efforts into something that will actually, you know, carry forward into meaningful momentum, I guess.
1: Again, it's going back to instilling a sense of ownership and Mm -hmm. pride. Uh, You know, our approach is grassroots Mm -hmm. and the product is always better uh, when the community is involved. So we make the extra effort to do that outreach and really make sure, just like with the Fry Boulevard uh, project, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, there were alternatives presented. And I think we landed with the best option. And that's because of the involvement that we received through those meetings.
0: Absolutely. So yeah, in that vein, I I would like to kind of offer some closing thoughts uh, by reminding folks that you know the, the stakeholders that are hurting right now but also really excited right now are those business owners in the west end um, particularly in the project area and the construction zone. So right now uh, the construction zone is restricted so you can only make right hand turns. You can't make a left hand turn across Fry um, but I don't want that to scare folks away. Uh, people just need to plan ahead to reach their, their destination and be able to make a right hand turn into it um, and it's a good opportunity to just travel slow through the area look around and maybe discover business that you don't know about. Um, There are some long-standing businesses um, that, you know, a lot of community members will be aware of, but it's a transient community. We have a lot of folks that have moved to town and maybe not even known what's going on in the West End. Um, So there are definitely some places to discover. Uh, They would love to see you out there and they could use our support for the next few months. Um, And I know that you've been, you know, involved in working with the business owners through the programs we've mentioned and also in this this process with this project. Um, So I just Kind wanted to hear what what you've been hearing from them a little bit, and you know why it's why it's important that you know folks folks get out there and and kind of you know see that side of our community.
1: Yeah, as you mentioned, the initial uh, phase of construction is the most challenging, especially for those businesses that depend upon passerby traffic, and the restrictions on left-hand turning movements can be tricky to navigate. But it mm-hmm. is necessary to keep those construction workers safe. Uh, The business owners I've met with are mostly understanding and are glad and excited to see the improvements. Uh, The contractor has reset the curb and is now pouring driveways, and there's good communication taking place as they move from property to property. Uh, Once that phase is done, we should be able to ease some of the traffic restrictions in time to lessen the impact on the holiday season. Mm -hmm. And we certainly appreciate everybody's patience and understanding and stepping up to support our West End Businesses, especially during the construction, uh, they need your support now more than ever.
0: Absolutely. And then uh, before we sign off, is there anything uh, that was on your mind that we didn't get to or anything you'd like to touch on?
1: I think, yeah, this is a pretty comprehensive conversation. You know, again, our approach to West End revitalization is multifaceted. And uh, there's a lot of balls in motion. I could bring up the urban infill incentive district mm-hmm. policy that the council amended last de- December to make uh, the permitting process a little faster and easier. Simplifying our codes and procedures have been a mandate of council since I've started uh, with the city six years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, what that offers is flexibility uh, from Uh, development code standards for those constrained parcels that developed prior to modern codes being enacted. Mm -hmm. Uh, An example of that uh, would be the uh, Tombstone Brewery redevelopment project, where they wanted to retain uh, the former parking layout of the uh, Daisy May. Mm -hmm. Their drive aisle was a little too narrow. It still functioned well enough that we could support uh, the modification. There's also uh, permit fee relief uh, for those projects that demonstrate a measurable economic impact and return to the city. And we used those incentives or we extended those incentives uh, to uh, some of our West Sierra Vista grant program projects like the porch addition at the Sierra Vista Casitas. Mm -hmm which will be a nice complement to the streetscape. So uh, we're making good strides on the regulatory front, uh, again, through code enforcement, our planning efforts. And really, a lot of credit belongs to the West End Commission, Mm -hmm. who's my sounding board on all these initiatives and ideas and, and is a source for vetting. Uh, Projects like the redevelopment of the uh, Fab Avenue property. So I really rely on their counsel and I thank them for their involvement.
0: Absolutely. And yeah, you're right. There is so much to talk about in terms of what's going on in the West End. Uh, It's refreshing for me to see that it's not just talk. uh, We're actually doing stuff out there. And it's, it's really fun to be part of a team that is taking... Kind of the the wants and needs and desires of the community that that they felt like have been sitting on the shelf for so long um and actually translating them into meaningful projects that people are getting to see happen now and starting to see the benefits from um so it's an exciting time to be living and working in sierra vista and i encourage anyone who's interested in these projects feel free to get in t- contact with me or matt you can find our contact info on the website uh, stop by city hall Uh, you know, email the podcast, Facebook page, anything, and and we will get back to you and and let you know what's going on and and offer you more opportunities to get involved if that's what you're looking for. Um, So I really appreciate you taking the time to to give us this kind of in-depth look at what's going on. um, And maybe we can uh, bring you back sometime later on.
1: I hope so. It's great to be with you, Adam. And thank you for the opportunity. Thanks.
0: And that wraps up another episode of Let's Talk Sierra Vista. If you'd like to learn more about what we talked about today, and particularly the Fry Boulevard Streetscape project, uh, go to our website at sierravistaaz.gov. There's a link on that homepage, or you can just go to sierravistaaz.gov slash fry forward. That's sierravistaaz.gov slash fry forward. Uh, There's weekly construction updates that are posted on that page, uh, as well as links to uh, the traffic studies we did in 2019, a history of the public input process, and a list of frequently asked questions. So it's a great resource uh, if you want to dive deeper into that project. Uh, And also, as always, you're invited to join the conversation by sending your comments, ideas, or questions to pod at sierravistaaz.gov. That's pod at sierravistaaz.gov.